Hey everyone, we're on episode number 72. Wow, I can't believe we're 10 weeks into this quarantine and I feel like my days definitely get all blended together. The only thing that's given me a sense of normalcy is Sunday services at 11 a.m. But really, without a weekly routine, I'd probably lose track of all my days. Every day just seems like Groundhog Day. Work, kids, sleep, work, kids, sleep, work, kids, sleep. Well, this Sunday, we're going to have our service auction for our Chromebook campaign. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram for all the latest news. We're trying to give Chromebooks to students, and we're using the service auction to raise funds to donate. Students all over our city, county, nation, world are doing virtual classes, but some of these students don't have access to a computer or internet, and schools have been out of all their supplies. So we want to be a community that donates and gives Chromebooks, gives internet access to communities that are struggling. So uh, we are auctioning off certain things like taxes, baking cookies, cheesecakes, Zoom workouts, babysitting, yard work, car wash, and all these other things. So please, please, please go online, join our service auction, and bid on your favorite item. Well, this past week, Anthony has an amazing message, a message that will hope to inspire you, a message that will motivate you to be like Christ and to love our community. So here's Anthony. Well, thank you, Justin. Well, good morning, everyone. For everyone who's still in your pajamas, a huge shout out to you guys. You know, I think one thing we got to do when this is all over, we got to have, we got to do something called Pajama Sunday, where we all just come in wearing our pajamas, you know, keep the, keep the comfortable stuff going. Well, I think for me personally, I'm getting used to this quarantine life pretty well, you know. I get up, I don't fix my hair, you know, I just go straight to my computer and check emails. Sometimes I don't even change. So, you know, I think I'm adjusting uh, quite well into this quarantine life. Um, but you know what? This past week, I had to leave the comfort of my own home and I had to go and make some deliveries. Uh, but one of the things I really took for granted staying home all day was never having to charge my phone. Because if my phone battery is low, I could just go to my desk, plug it in, and I'll be fine. But again, I went out this past week and I totally forgot how much battery the GPS eats up. And after I finished making all my deliveries, my phone dies. And I was scrambling. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know where I am. And I'm trying to reorient myself like, okay, where am I in this city? And I felt so lost. You know, I felt so dependent on my GPS. You know, it, it kind of made me feel like Michael Scott in the office. Do you remember that episode when Michael and Dwight were going and the GPS was telling Michael, turn right. And Michael was turning right into this water. And, and, and Dwight was saying, Michael, no, it's saying to turn right over there. But then Michael's like, no, the GPS says turn right here. And they go right into the water. Oh, you know, I never knew how dependent I was on my GPS because, you know, when I drive, I don't have to worry about anything because I know the GPS is going to take me to the location. I just have to listen. Keep going straight. In 600 feet, turn right. I really didn't have to worry because they will tell me my next steps. And I'm wondering right now in this time of quarantine, we, we're just doing whatever we want to do. You know, we go, we wake up, we get out of bed, make a cup of coffee, wash up, go to our computers, and we start doing our work. And it's been all right. And maybe we're feeling frustrated because we don't know what to do. 
We just keep doing the same thing over and over again, making these our habits, but we're just like, what do we do? You know, we're listening to the news and we're hearing all these different things. You know, you can go out. No, actually, you're not supposed to go out. You're supposed to wear masks. No, don't wear masks. The masks help. No, the masks don't help. And we're just getting so confused of what to do. Even the government is saying, we're going to open up. Actually, no, we're not going to open up. And honestly, what we just want to know is can someone just tell us what we're supposed to do? And today, that's what I want us to ask, is what are we supposed to do when no one is telling us what to do? What are we supposed to do when no one is telling us what to do? And it kind of reminded me of the Israelites in the book of Exodus. You know, if you remember the story, God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. And God used Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea and now into this wilderness. And Moses was leading the people. He was telling them what to do. This is where we go. And he was guiding them step by step. But then there was this time when Moses went up to Mount Sinai and he didn't come back. And the people were freaking out. They're like, wait, what do we do? What's our next step? And we get to read this in Exodus chapter 32. And it says this. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. And all the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, Oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You know, when the people, when they gathered to Aaron, they, they didn't just come to ask him what to do because they didn't know what to do. They, they came and they pushed him and says, Aaron, we need to do something. Make us something. They were threatening him. They were pushing him. And when they heard this, and when, they're, when Aaron heard this, he made them these gods. Because if you remember, the Israelites, they lived in Egypt for hundreds of years. And because they lived in this, in this country, they picked up these old habits. And we see that when they didn't have clear steps to go to in the future, when, they, when, the, when the steps weren't clear for them, the most comfortable and easy thing to do is to fall back into our old habits. And the Israelites, Moses was gone, and they're wondering, what do we do? And they decided, you know what? Since my steps aren't clear, since the steps aren't clear, we don't know what to do, we're just going to go back into our old habits. You know, for me personally, I had this habit growing up of waking up early because my mom told me to. I had to wake up early because I had to go to school. And my mom would tell me, Anthony, wake up. And I would just be like, oh my gosh, I'm up, I'm up, mom, okay, I'm up. And I'll get up because I was told to get up. I had to go to school. But when I went to college, 
you know, no one was really telling me to get up early. So a lot of times I would sleep late. And honestly, sometimes I wouldn't even sleep at all. And I would wake up so late. And, you know, that was what I did back in college. Of course, I graduated and I started working. You know, I became a pastor. And then people told me, my, my supervisors would tell me, Anthony, you need to wake up, come to the office early. And I would wake up and come to the office early because I was told to. But now that I'm in HUG, we actually have a lot of our meetings at night. And since the meetings are at night, no one's telling me to come to the office early. So I begin to sleep a little bit later. And I begin to wake, and I'm beginning to wake up even later. And I'm starting to see that since no one is telling me what to do, I'm, I'm going back to my old habits of sleeping late and waking up late. And these habits happen because there's no clear steps. And we continue to read on in verse 5. And Aaron, he saw how excited the people were. So he built an altar in front of the calf, and then he announced, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. And after this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in their pagan revelry. You know, when the steps aren't clear for us, when no one is telling us what to do, we are tempted to go back into our old habits because our old habits, it's comfortable, it's easy. Since no one's telling us what to do, I'll just do what I've always done. But when we look at this, like, then what do I do? Then what do I do when when no one is telling me what to do, but then I I don't want to go back into my old habits? And we read in Luke 3 of what to do when no one's telling us what to do. And we read in Luke about John the Baptist. Because you see, John the Baptist, he was the first prophet to come out in 400 years. And prophets, if you guys didn't know, prophets were people whom God used to to speak, to speak to the people of, of his message. And for 400 years, God was silent. There were no prophets. God didn't say anything. And John the Baptist comes up when God was silent. And we read this in Luke chapter 3. The crowd asked John, what should we do? And John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. And John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. But John answered their question by saying, I baptize you with water. 
But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You see, people were wondering because God was silent for 400 years and now we we have this prophet come. And they're asking, John, what do we do? But you see, John, he wasn't telling them anything new. He was telling them what they were supposed to do. The crowd came and asked, John, what do we do? And John replies, if you have the power to help, well, go and help. Tax collectors came and asked, hey, what what do we do? And if you guys didn't know, tax collectors, they were hated back in the day because they would cheat people and take more money. But when they asked, John didn't say, hey, quit your jobs. No, but he said, hey, be honest and stop cheating people. Soldiers came and asked, what do we do? And John uh, John answered, stop bullying people and be content with what you're getting. You see, all these people, they're continually asking, what do we do when no one's telling us what to do? John wasn't telling them, hey, you need to become a monk. Go into the desert, wear camel skin and eat locust and and, and live like that. No. He was telling them to do what they already knew what to do, but they didn't want to do. You see, the religious leaders back in the day, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They didn't want to do it. Because it may have hit their own pride. It may have hit their own identities. Like, you know what? I don't want to do it because it's going to ruin my image. I don't want to humble myself. But you see, John, it didn't matter. John did what he already knew what to do, even if he didn't want to do it. And what John was telling the people is that you need to do what you already know what to do. You need to do what you are supposed to do, even if you don't want to do it. Because it's more than just knowing. It's about doing. You know, um, there's something I don't really like to admit um, in public. It's, I really think Frozen 2 is better than Frozen 1. Now, before all y'all be like, oh, no, I'm going to turn this guy off right now. Now, before, before you do that, you know, if you disagree, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But, you know, I really think that Frozen 2 was such a good movie. You know, in the movie, we have Elsa and Anna have this amazing sisterhood because of all that they went through. And together, they're trying to discover and, and find out about their family past. And they travel to this enchanted forest because they believe that if they go to this forest, they can then discover this mystery in their family past. And they go, and as they're trying to find the truth, they find that they need to go to this sacred place called Atahalan. And Elsa, 
she finds a way to go to Ottaholland. But before she goes, she pushes Anna and Olaf away because she knows it's going to be dangerous. And she goes and travels to Ottaholland, to this sacred place. And when she arrives, she sees why the ancient spirits have been calling her to this place, this unknown, the place of the unknown. And when she goes, she discovers the truth about the past. But it came with a cost. It cost her her life. And before she was frozen solid, before all that happened, with the last ounce of her power, she sends a message to Anna to show her the truth about the past. And when Anna receives the message, she sees what she's supposed to do. But she finds out that Elsa's gone. And since Elsa's gone, Olaf begins to disappear. And Anna is in this cave. And she, she just wants to sulk. She just lost her sister. She just lost her friend. And she's supposed to go out and, and destroy this dam her grandfather built. But she doesn't want to do it. She just wants to sulk. She just wants to be alone in this cave. She doesn't want to do it. But, she, but then she picks up her feet and begins to stand. And she actually begins singing this song. And I, I love this song because I felt it was so powerful. It was so real. Because in the song, she was saying, You are lost. Hope is gone. You must go on and do the next right thing. Take a step. Step again. It's all that I can do is do the next right thing. Anna was supposed to do something, but she didn't want to do it. But she stepped up and she decided to do what she was supposed to do even though she didn't want to do it. And maybe we're wondering, you know, what do we do? What, what do we do when no one's telling us what to do? What do we do that we don't have clear steps? We do what we're supposed to do even if we don't want to do it. You know, there's a sister here at our church. Her name is Eri. You know, she's a community group leader. You know, she plays key in the band as well during worship. And one of the things I really respect about her is her love and commitment to teaching. And, you know, she, she was telling us about what is going on in the schools right now. You know, because of COVID, the socioeconomic status of students is so much clearer. You know, families who, 
who can afford a laptop, who can afford an iPad for the kids. You know, they've been able to log on to school, log on to their classes, you know, complete their assignments and turn it in. But, you know, there are other students out there who can't afford a laptop, can't even afford internet access while everything is online and they can't do anything about it. And as she was sharing this, my heart was breaking that there are students out there who can't go to school because of their circumstance. And as she, as she was sharing this, you know, we asked, like, like hey, how can, we, how can we help? What can we do? What can we do to help these kids? As she shared, these kids, they need Chromebooks. And you know what? That's why we decided we're going to take a step. We're going to take one step forward. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. And we're going to step up and help these kids. And right now, you know, I just want to encourage you. If you have the power to help, I want to invite you to come and help. If you would want to donate a Chromebook, donate a laptop, and help to this cause, to help students go to school despite their circumstance, no matter their circumstance, I invite you to come and help us. Help this cause. Maybe if you have a Chromebook or a laptop lying around, this is a perfect opportunity to come and help. Because we want to do what we're supposed to do. You know, we also understand that in this time, maybe we're even in a busier situation, in a busier season. You know, maybe we forget to do our taxes. Or we, we come home or after work and we're done, and we, we can't even cook a meal for ourselves or for our family. And, and we order takeout and we order Uber Dash, whatever. Maybe we can't even leave our house because we can't run the risk of contracting COVID. Even if we want to go and go grocery shopping, can we really risk going out? And we have so many talented people here at Hug. And these talented people, they've decided that they're going to volunteer and say, hey, you know what? I want to volunteer my services to help give these kids Chromebooks. And that's why next week, we're going to have a service auction at our Zoom call after service next week. And maybe this is a great opportunity for you to support, inviting your friends, inviting your family to join this cause, to join this fight, to give students an opportunity to learn, no matter their circumstance. You know, we wrestle with what to do when no one is telling what to do. We wrestle with when there's no clear steps, it's easy to fall back to our old habits. But we know and we want to fight towards what do we do when no one is telling us what to do? 
is we do what we're supposed to do, even if we don't want to do it. You know, the schools know that this is a problem. The city knows that this is a problem. People know that this is a problem, but they don't do something because no one's telling them what to do. But you know what? No one told Hug what we're supposed to do. But guess what? We're going to do what we are supposed to do. We're going to go and we're going to help. And we're not going to shy away. We're not going to run away. We're not going to run to old habits. No, we're going to run to what we're supposed to do. Even if we don't want to do it. Because we know that God can be silent for hundreds of years. But he cares for the poor. He cares about honesty. He cares about people caring and loving for one another. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. And join us in this fight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to step up. Even when we don't know what we're supposed to do, even when no one is telling us what to do, we're going to do what we're supposed to do. So Father, I pray that whoever's heart is stirring up right now, whether to volunteer a service, volunteer or, or, or give to this cause, Lord, I pray that you may make it clear. And Lord, show us what we're supposed to do. God, we want, we want people to know that you are still here, that you're still moving, and that you are still using your church to show your love. So Father, may you fill us up, Lord, and may your love and grace abound in us deeply. May we be the hands and feet you have called us to be and do what we're supposed to do. We thank you, Lord. In your son's name, we pray. Amen.